0: This is Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I am Molly Nelson, host of the podcast here with Rochelle Smith. She's the producer of our podcast and Anna Marie Morrow. She is the director of Medicare at Merkel Retirement Planning. Whether this is your first year on Medicare or you've been on it for several years, you should take a look at your plan each year. Today, we want to talk about why revisiting your coverage and your supplements is a good idea and can save you a lot of money and heartache In the long run, Rochelle, Anna Marie, one of the most famous infomercials of all time. This ran a lot when I was a child. This is an infomercial from my childhood. And the tagline was, set it and forget it.
1: Put it in your showtime, then set it and forget it. In about one hour, the chicken is done.
0: Okay. So we just push play. We listened to the famous tagline, set it and forget it. You've heard it now too. A lot of people remember this. It, w- it was ingenious, right? You throw it in there. So you you've tasted chicken from the rotisserie. Was it, was oh, it everything?
1: Absolutely. I remember, I remember this every Sunday after church, we'd come home to this. My mom was so excited about this purchase. And I think, you know, it was definitely at least two handfuls worth of times we actually used it. But I do remember how tasty it was. But then Costco, you know, had their rotisserie chicken come out and things kind of went that way. But I do remember this machine. When it
0: comes to cooking chicken, set it and forget it. A tagline many people remember and enjoyed, but Medicare... That's the last thing you want to do.
1: Yeah, do the opposite with Medicare. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because a lot of people think I turn 65, I make my election, maybe choose a supplement plan, and then I'm, I'm off into the sunset. But no, each
1: year they really need to revisit all of this. Every year. I like to tell people, families that we work with, individuals on Medicare, think of it like you do meeting with your tax accountant at the beginning of the year. Meet with your Medicare agent at the end of every year between October 15th and December 7th. That is the annual enrollment period and this is your opportunity to make sure that you are set up for success on whether it's the same plan or if you need to make a change to a different plan. This is your time frame to do that every year.
0: And I'm glad you said meet with your Medicare agent because I think traditionally a lot of people work with a financial advisor and then their Medicare elections, Medicare decisions, supplement stuff is in another building, another location. Maybe they have a, you know, a rapport but let's make it real clear: you are right here at Merkel Retirement Planning. You are you have yes. a desk right next to the retirement planners. These are people you work very close with, and so that it's all right here for the families and individuals that we work with.
1: Yes, I am here full time, mm-hmm. and Medicare, and a lot like Social Security, we have found too. You know, people approach these decisions as a siloed, independent decision. But what's great about the process with a retirement planner, what we do here, is there are no siloed decisions. So with me sitting right next to the retirement planners, it's a combined decision where we can look at your overall retirement plan and look at what you're comfortable with financially as we talk about what you're comfortable with and what you want out of your health care, We can look at those other factors as well with the retirement planners. So it's an all-in-one holistic approach to the decisions you need to make, but they're guiding you to the decision that works best for you.
0: And You lead our Lunch and Learn every year around this time. And generally, a lot of the times at the Lunch and Learn, it is the families and individuals that we work with. Sometimes they bring a friend. But it's interesting to me, this is always a packed house. Because even though we have helped these people set up a plan for Medicare, they are always kind of hungry for new information
1: each year. And you always have
0: new stuff to tell people about and a lot of important reminders each fall too.
1: There is a a lot of excitement with a lot of new legislation that's wrapped around Part D that's coming out. Through the next number of years, and of course, we always get new numbers for Part B premiums, uh, Irma income limits and ranges, and hopefully, we'll have some of that information by the lunch and learn this year. But yeah, people people are thirsty and hungry when they come to these lunch and learns for all of this Medicare or all of this information on Medicare that just can affect their planning and what we need to be be prepared for moving forward.
0: Yeah, and that's the stuff that keeps you busy year-round. The legislation, we know that this, this huge bill was passed inside the Inflation and re- Reduction, you know, that act, the Inflation <laughs> Reduction Act. I think I said that right, but they, there was a big Medicare portion of that, and what was really interesting is, yeah, each year something changes
1: mm-hmm. inside that bill. And it's good things, too. Part The Part D program, the drug program, has always been just known as the... Ex- you know, the expensive route. You know, there's never been an out-of-pocket maximum on a drug card. And we've, we're dealing with all these tiers, donut holes and copays, pays and deductible phases. And that, you know, some drug cards do cover some drugs some years and not others the other. And that's why we need to stay on top of it. Well, within this legislation, within this act, we actually start to see the implementation implementation of an out-of-pocket max where they're eliminating the catastrophic coverage tier. So there's exciting things on the horizon and also the negotiation of prices for the expensive brand medications where there's not a generic option. We're going to see those costs starting to be negotiated over the next few years. Now, those costs that are being negotiated, we don't have those lists of those drugs yet, but once they're negotiated, those new cost changes won't be available for a number of years. But As the years go on, that's what we keep our families abreast of, you know, that information as each year passes, we give those updates to keep you in the loop and we stay on top of it as as it unfolds. And if it changes any strategies that we've implemented, having you use, whether that's senior discount savings cards or using your drug card, there's so many different strategies that we look at to say what will work best within your retirement plan. And this is our opportunity every year to make those decisions together. And that's
0: our goal with this podcast is to keep the list in the loop so what we want to do today is we're going to dive back into some of the legislation you were talking about some of the changes but I also think let's start at the beginning let's let's kind of go medicare 101 because even that first initial when when you enroll initially there are some guidelines some timelines to
1: be aware of yes that is the main question is when do I have to elect
0: <laughs> dun 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 <laughs> There is a there's an important window here.
1: There is an important window. I get phone calls and emails at like at least a year before people are turning age 65 because it is so overwhelming, you know, you're starting to get all of this mail and you're starting to pay attention to those infomercials that you're seeing on the television about electing Medicare, and not to mention all the social security letters you're getting letting you know if you don't elect, you're gonna have a penalty. So just all this inundation, you know, it's a great time to start planning ahead. You know, when you're approaching that age of 65, know what the timeline is of enrollment periods. And so to kick that off, your first enrollment period turning age 65, that's known as your initial enrollment period, and it's a seven month window. It begins three months before your 65th birthday and it continues through until three months after the month of your 65th birthday. And
0: so that's initially the first time I can enroll in And the deadline by
1: which I have to enroll is what that seventh month period is. If you currently do not have qualified coverage. And what that means is, is if you are not on an employer group plan, if you are on an individual marketplace plan, or if you're on COBRA, those are not considered qualified. So you do need to elect Medicare within that initial enrollment period. But if you or your spouse is continuing to work on an employer group plan, where there are more than 20 employees, that is considered qualified coverage, so you might not have to elect Medicare at age 65, which brings us to then a different enrollment <laughs> period later on when you do retire.
0: And- on the most basic level, elect Medicare means what? I just say, yes, I want part A and part B to start immediately or what, do you have
1: to make any other decisions right away? You need to choose, well, if if you are electing Medicare, if you, are, if you don't have that employer coverage option and you are electing Medicare, then it's simply going to the social security website online uh, and then electing Medicare A and B, the hospital insurance versus the doctor's insurance. But if you're not electing Medicare, Care at age 65, because you or your spouse is continuing to work and you will be on that employer group coverage, then you have the decision to make do I elect just part A? or not because you do not have to elect both at the same time and a part of that decision making is and and this is why I work right next to our retirement planners is we we look at the cost analysis we do a cost analysis of what income is if you have that option for employer coverage what would it still be a good idea to do your spouse's coverage or stay on your own what's more cost effective within that area or then if we're doing Roth conversions if there's strategies we're implementing within your overall plan To where we might say, hey, if you have this employer group option, let's take advantage of that so we can implement these other strategies within the investment plan. That will also guide us to making that decision on when to elect Medicare.
0: Is it common then to be 65, continue working, not use the group coverage, and then go ahead and elect Medicare?
1: It is. It's it's probably, I'd say, 60-40 split, maybe even 50-50, because we like to get together, look at that cost analysis. Are your monthly premiums on the employer plan, what you're responsible for paying, is that you know, higher or lower than the Medicare premium. You know, what are you paying for medications on the employer plan versus what are you going to be paying for your medications on Medicare? So once we have that cost analysis put together and we can review it as a part of your overall retirement plan, that's when we can really be guided to that decision. When do we elect Medicare?
0: Some of those Medicare flyers that people get talk about penalties. Are there penalties for not electing Medicare if you're not on a qualified plan.
1: Yes, there is a penalty. Let's say you're on just the marketplace, an individual marketplace plan on healthcare.gov. You turn 65, but you're like, no, I'm getting this, you know, subsidy, this huge savings on the marketplace. I don't want to elect Medicare at this time. You will have a part B penalty when you do go to elect Medicare part B. And you'll have this penalty with your monthly premium throughout the duration of your lifetime.
0: Is there ever a scenario under which people stay on their marketplace coverage and don't elect Medicare and pay the penalty on purpose
1: because it's so much cheaper to be on the marketplace? Or is that generally not the way it goes? I haven't seen that. I haven't seen people. I have not met a person who is paying that part B penalty. I will tell you though, I have had clients working with refuse to elect a drug card. So a drug card, if you don't elect a part D drug card, Within a certain amount of time of electing Part B, I think it's like 63 days, if you go without coverage, you will then have a Part D penalty when you elect a drug card later on in life. But there are people, I mean, these clients I'm thinking of, they don't take medications, they're healthy, they don't foresee ever having to do that. So why do I want to pay a monthly premium for something I don't need? You know, there's all these other models I can use. If, if I do start accumulating medications, I'm not going to pay that. So I have seen that option. I haven't seen, the, I haven't seen it go to where they have waited and then they do elect and then they do have the penalty, but I know people who are refusing to elect. How much do you pay for the Part D? So Part D, it's based on how many months you go without coverage, not years. So just months. So let's say 20 years down the road, so you're 85 years old and you start accumulating these medications and you're like, okay, I need to look at a drug card. So you go to elect a drug card, you will have incurred a 1% penalty for every month you went without coverage. And that 1% is times the national average for a drug card premium. I think this year it's around $32 or $33. So you times 1% times that, and then times how many months you went without coverage. And you have that penalty attached to your monthly premium throughout the duration of your lifetime.
0: So essentially you'd still be saving if you didn't elect and you didn't take, I mean, I'm just in thinking, theory.
1: yes, in theory. Th- it's interesting, but no one likes that word penalty, <laughs>
0: correct? No one wants it. Cause when you first see it and you don't understand exactly what it is. And generally most people at some point in retirement are going to take some type of a medication. So mm-hmm. generally what you see though, is most people go and elect. And, and pay the yes. party Oh yeah, monthly. absolutely.
1: It's less than a handful of people that are putting up that stalwart wall of, no, I'm not gonna elect that because it's a pretty seamless process. You know, once you get your A and B in place, there's plans out there that combine drug coverage with the health benefits where there isn't a separate premium. So that's become a popular option. So that's always something that we want to talk about. What you're comfortable with, what your overall retirement plan for shows that you can, you know, afford and offset expensive costs in the long run as well.
0: So in that case, when they're using one of those
1: plans where uh, the drug coverage is included, do those people not elect Part D then? That's a great question. So those plans, what I'm thinking of are the Advantage plans. So Advantage plans have a drug card, not all of them, but the majority of Advantage plans have a drug card built into them already. So there is no separate premium when electing Part D. It's already within that plan.
0: So those people aren't playing a penalty, no penalty for those people. Well,
1: if they had waited and didn't elect a supplement and they're outside of that window and then they elect their supplement during annual enrollment, then yeah, they could have a separate bill for a penalty. <laughs> We've kind of just been focusing on
0: initial enrollment, but it's not a set it and forget it type of thing. Each year you're revisiting uh, Medicare with the families and individuals that we work with, and you go through a checklist of things that they need to look at each year. So let's just go through that checklist. First thing is supplements.
1: Supplements. This is the, you know, this is your, it's also known as Part C, and this is what fills in the gaps of original Medicare. So when you go to the doctor, this is what is going to dictate what your copays are, if you're on an Advantage plan, what your out of pocket maxes, or if if you're on a traditional Medigap plan, uh, we review, you know, what those copays are, what your out-of-pocket max is for the year there, um, and the basic question every year is: Are you happy on your supplement? Do you want to make any changes?
0: What kind of things can happen that might make people change supplement plans?
1: Cost. So every year on a traditional supplement plan, you can face around two increases every year for your monthly premium. It's based off of age and inflation. So a lot of times when people get to that age where they're paying over, you know, 200 or sometimes $300 a month for their supplement for whether that's plan F, plan G, then let's have a discussion. Is there a different carrier that we need to look at for a lower cost? But if we do that, there will be underwriting involved. Or do we look at an advantage plan versus, you know, what the out-of-pocket max is for the year versus what you're paying for monthly premium for the year. Because these Advantage plans, a lot of them have either $0 or a very low monthly premium cost. So if you're not happy with your supplement plan, whether it's expensive or if you don't like the co-pays you're paying, let's take a look at that and measure out what your options are if there's underwriting or what could be a better fit for you.
0: The next thing on the annual enrollment checklist is doctors and specialists. Are you looking to see if people are still in network here each
1: year? Yes, this would apply if you're on an Advantage plan. If you're on a traditional Medigap plan, which would be a plan F or a plan G or a plan K, you know, all the letters, then your doctors really, they just need to be contracted with Medicare. You, you have basically an open network as long as they've contracted with Medicare.
0: Are most doctors generally contracted yeah. with
1: Medicare? <laughs> I had a, a girlfriend of mine who is a doctor and I asked her that question. She's like, honey, if we didn't contract with Medicare, no one would be making any money.
0: So <laughs> it's... But yes, it's in their best interest to do it and they generally do.
1: Unless you're a pediatrician, then yeah, it would probably be in your best interest. Um, But then, so that really applies to the checklist where people are on Advantage plans because these are networked plans. Advantage plans, it's either an HMO or a PPO network, which means that on an HMO, if you go out of network, you're liable for 100% of the cost. PPO, you can still go out of network, but you could pay a higher share of the cost. So this is where every year doctors have that option, whether to contract with that plan the following year. And we have seen it to where they opt out and people didn't do their due diligence of making sure they're in network. And all of a sudden they're paying such a higher cost to go out of network. So this is absolutely a part of that checklist process. So
0: tell me, what are you doing then with the families and individuals? Are you taking a look at their doctors? Are they giving you a list of those? And then you're cross-referencing that to make sure it's still in within network in their plan? Yes.
1: With that due diligence process, you know, at, at the beginning of annual enrollment, we do this fact-finding research. Uh, with families that we work with, we request um, they, this information that they're willing to share with us to make sure that, you know, we can look at what any network changes are for the upcoming year. And then also, which I think is coming up next, is the drug coverage as well. <laughs>
0: And then so if you find that the doctor that they use is not sti- still part of their supplement plan, then they have two options. They can continue to go and just know that there's some out-of-pocket costs coming. Or maybe you'll talk to them about, hey, do you want to look at changing to a supplement plan that your doctor is contracting exactly.
1: with? Exactly. Just setting people up for success in the next year, whether that's giving them the knowledge that, hey, your copay pay could be this. Your new out-of-pocket max could be higher due to going out of network. Or let's find you a plan that can fill in that gap
0: setting them up for success, and then also trying to eliminate surprises. And that leads us into the next part of the checklist, which is your pharmacy, checking if your pharmacy is a network. And I know you've heard some heartbreaking stories when it comes to this. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, just like what you said, just the surprise factor. And you wouldn't think pharmacy. Right. You, you would think when you, when people think pharmacy, I mean, it's how I thought of pharmacies before I, I, you know, dove into Medicare years ago is, oh, it's a pharmacy. You know, I can just pick up my drugs. They're going to cost the same everywhere, but that's Give not Give them my the drug case. card and yeah. Exactly. So pharmacies do contract with a preferred or standard or not at all with drug card carriers and that affects pricing. I mean, what was that um, that example? Like a simple medication I had pulled up for um, a client that I work with, it was it was a generic.
0: I think it was an arthritis medication. I have some of those numbers here in the outline. Yeah, it's mel- meloxicam. Yeah. Is that, is that how you say that? Yeah, you pulled that up for a client. You were doing the research and yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, it was in an in-network pharmacy. It was a $12 copay, which is pretty standard. But then they wanted to go to their regular, regular pharmacy out of network. Guess how much the copay was. I mean, you know, Molly, cause you're looking at it. Rochelle, producer Rochelle, do you have a guess? <laughs> oh man. $300. Uh, Not even close. So, uh, $1,117 <laughs> for a generic. If you an, went to pick up your wow. prescription and that came up, that, that you would have to say
0: no. Uh, yes. Most oh, yeah. people would have to say no. Yeah. And then imagine having to pass on your arthritis medicine that you've probably been taking for a long time and and is helping you that that's not the decision I want to
1: have to make when I'm at the pharmacy no those are the most heartbreaking phone calls I'll get is at the beginning of the year uh, families who you know didn't have this information that we're not working with they'll call me and be like why did this happen to me I you know I got my 90-day refill in November and I paid like you know $12 and then I go 90 days later into the new year and now I'm expected to pay thousands what happened that's scary
0: and that's what you're trying to avoid. So, same thing. I'm assuming with the doctors, you do this uh, kind of cross referencing, and then what decisions do people make if you tell them about this? Hey, I just looked at this meloxicam or meloxicam, and I found this out. Do they? Do you find that they switch pharmacies, or do they end up generally switching uh, supplement plans? No,
1: it would it would definitely go pharmacy. I mean, depending on where you live, I mean, we look at what pharmacies are available in that area. A lot of rural places in Iowa, it's it's hard to to. To, you know navigate that but then a lot of times what we found in rural Iowa is these pharmacy owners who are out of network. They don't want to lose business. You know, these are mom and pop pharmacy stores. So a lot of times, in some cases, we have found maybe a simple discussion: Hey, how can we how can we navigate this this cost if you know one of the major pharmacies is not available? It's hours drives away. You know, maybe it can come down to just a simple conversation.
0: Okay, and the pharmacy owner may be willing to add mm-hmm. that to their network. That's that's really helpful to know that that's even a possibility, especially if you live in a community meaning maybe there's just one or two pharmacy options.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, a big thing that I've seen happen a lot of times with people who haven't taken part in this due diligence during annual enrollment is medications. You know, medications is a hot topic every year within Medicare because they can be so expensive. So I would say what, what keeps annual enrollment the busiest time of year is checking medications. Supplements, on average, people are comfortable with where they're at as long as there hasn't been a huge blow up in cost so that we don't see a lot of change with, but it's the drug Cards that we see a lot of change with because even if your medications have not changed, drug cards, whether it's standalone a standalone drug card or a drug card within an Advantage plan, those plans can and do change the medications they cover every year. So, you know, we're talking about Meloxicam, for example. Let's say it is covered on a standalone drug card one year, but then you go get it refilled the following year and it's no longer covered. You could also see that thousands dollars difference. So that is probably the biggest, you know, task finder during annual enrollment is to make sure your medications are covered the following year. And
0: by no fault of the consumer, think of the set it and forget it. The big draw is you can put put it in. You don't have to do anything. We love slow cookers because the food cooks all day. We like the convenience of going to our pharmacy and getting that medication we've been on for several years from the pharmacist we know by name. Why would we assume any differently from December 31st of 2023 to January 1st of
1: 2024. Exactly, exactly. And that is why, you know, we want to put it on your calendar, just like you do your tax accountant. Just be prepared. You're doing that at the beginning of the year. Make sure you're doing it this at the end of every year.
0: Anna Marie has been giving us some great information about Medicare, but you might have some questions about your specific situation. Well, you're in luck. You can talk directly with Anna Marie by scheduling a 15-minute retirement checkup call. You can go to MerkleRetire.com. That link is in our show notes. Merkle is spelled M-E-R-K-L-E. There's a calendar there, and you will fill in some information in order to schedule this call in the notes on that part. Just make sure you put Medicare, put Anna Marie, put supplement, put Part A, put Part B, put just about anything that will indicate that you would like that call to be with Anna Marie and you will get to talk about Medicare and get some of your questions answered. You can get a lot accomplished in 15 minutes, Anna Marie.
1: Yeah, a lot of feedback I get before, you know, talking having that conversation one-on-one with people is I am so confused. I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know where to begin. And then, but, but the great news is, is that after spending 10, 15 minutes with someone, just streamlining information that only pertains to their situation, the feedback is, oh, well, that was easy. And that honestly is just like the big winner of my day.
0: Yeah. And this is a call that you can schedule no matter where you live in the country and you can have a conversation about Medicare or if you've got other retirement questions on your mind, go ahead and schedule a retirement call and you'll talk to one of the retirement planners here at Merkle Retirement Planning. So we alluded to this at the beginning, changes, Medicare, this is what keeps Anna Marie on her toes is that the people in charge of Medicare are lawmakers and lawmakers make changes to the laws. So in 2024, there are some things to look out for when it comes to Medicare.
1: This is really exciting. I've been waiting to see how this was going to navigate because in theory, when this legislation was passed last year, you know, they were eliminating on the drug card catastrophic coverage. So on a drug card, there's all these different tiers of payment. There's never been an out-of-pocket maximum. Just as you move through paying for expensive medications, you pay different co-pays, different percentages with the plan you're on and you're moving through all these tiers up until you hit catastrophic coverage where you're paying this 5% percent coinsurance for, you know, there is no end for, for however long you need to throughout the end of the year. And then the next year it just starts all over again.
0: So how does this play out? Sorry, I'm going to interrupt for a second. So let's say you have a very long, I'm thinking of a very long hospital stay. You're, you know, you're in the hospital. You could in theory have to pay 5% of this astronomical hospital bill? So
1: hospital, any drugs administered within a hospital are covered under your medical insurance. So okay. medical or Medicare A and B. Any medications that you pick up at a pharmacy and take home and administer to yourself, that is what this drug card is covering. So if you are taking specialty tier drugs or brand name drugs, where that means they're very expensive when you pick them up at the pharmacy and you're administering them at home, there is no out-of-pocket and what you'll see. If you're administered drugs within a hospital or a clinic, then that falls under medical. So that's where you have your out-of-pocket max.
0: And I, this is just my lack of probably knowledge of medical terms. That's a great I a Catastrophic, and I was thinking hospital. Car accident, coma, right? long stay, something like that. I think they
1: call it catastrophic because at this point, you've paid thousands of dollars out of your own pocket, and that's a catastrophe. So let's call this tier catastrophic coverage. Sure, that's
0: a lot of money. So, but... Okay, that was the scenario, but that's what's changing is this out of pocket max.
1: So, what's great is when they released this legislation in 2022, the theory was okay, in 2024, we're eliminating catastrophic coverage. Well, in theory, what that means is okay, does that mean there's now an out of pocket max if they're eliminating that? And I am happy to report that yes, once you together with the drug plan that you're on, collectively hit $8,000, then you're done. That's the beginning of an out-of-pocket max on a drug card. And then moving into 2025, there is an official out-of-pocket max of $2,000.
0: That sounds a lot more reasonable. too. $8,000 is still a lot of money, but still when the potential is to pay literally almost infinity, $8,000 is a cap that Oh, it's a big it's deal. Re- more reasonable, but 2,000. 2,000. Feels e- yeah.
1: That is, yeah, we, we need to throw a party to celebrate that because it's historic. I mean, we've never seen an out-of-pocket max on a drug card. And with having that information, it allows us to strategize on how we've been paying for medications. Do we always use the drug card or do we continue using senior discount cards like GoodRx or do we want to put everything towards an out-of-pocket max? So this really can shake things up a bit. The good news is though, we have a cap finally on what's coming out of your pocket. I
0: see that can really help you drill down in the overall plan to earmark $2,000 maybe if, if mm-hmm. they do, and then compare that to a, your drug card was going to cost... 2200 or something like that. So you're saving 2000 if
1: you just use the out-of-pocket max. Is that what the scenario could look like? Well, yeah. When we do a cost analysis, you know, when we put together cost analysis for a Medicare supplement versus an employer plan, if we're making that decision, we can show, okay, should the worst happen, this is the max you're going to pay on these plans. But with the drug card component, it's always a you know, if you're taking those expensive medications, you're always going to have those co-pays. Okay. But now with these limits set, when we do this cost analysis, we can show you, okay, by this month of the year, you'll have paid this much for your medications and now you're done. That's helpful when doing that long-term planning, mm-hmm. looking
0: at income, looking at retirement. Okay. I can see the real advantage to that. That's, yeah, that's it's,
1: great. It's exciting news. And then we also, with this legislation deal... There's a lot of name brand medications that are astronomically priced. And so starting in year 2026, negotiations for costs on these expensive medications will begin. But some great news, we just recently received the list of the first 10 medications that will be negotiated. So this was really exciting to find because a a, a few of these medications, I mean, we are running these medications every year during annual enrollment and they are so expensive. So this list, this first 10 that will be negotiated in 2026, we've got Eloquist, Jardians, Zarelto, Genuvia. That's just the first four. And those are pretty popular. And so this is really exciting news. We can start to see negotiations in lowering these costs take place in 2026. So keep your ears and eyes open. We release that information as it becomes available as these years go on.
0: Yeah. And previously the government, which is who runs Medicare has not been able to negotiate with pharmacies. It's just never been, I guess, an option. I don't want to use the word illegal, but it just has not, they've, they've set the price. The government's had to pay it. Well, now the government or whoever negotiates on behalf of Medicare can come back and go, wait a second, which is what is happening in the marketplace with the supplements and all of that. So of course it makes sense that the the federal government should be able to negotiate. And then now
1: it's going to happen for the first time. Yeah. We're taking baby steps to hopefully just streamline all of this Medicare program. I mean, it's a behemoth. It's 65 and older in the United States. We've got baby boomers. We have this retirement revolution. Everyone is going on Medicare and the prices can be ridiculous for some of these medications that don't have that generic option. So this is where we finally start to see those walls crumbling to where we can have affordable cost
0: you know what we should have done the last 38 minutes while we were talking here what what's that we should have had a rotisserie chicken going (laughs) oh we should have (laughs) we should have said it forget it recorded the podcast and had lunch oh what
1: a good idea oh missed opportunity okay
0: we'll have to do that next time it's probably time to get online right now and get one of those
1: rotisseries does your mom still have hers maybe we just oh absolutely not i think we had it for like a solid six months
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> another one of those appliances that you buy and you're like eh, it wasn't all i yeah. thought it was gonna be but those infomercials were great because we all remember the line set it and forget it. But that's not what you want to do when it comes to Medicare. It's something you need to revisit each year. And a great way to start talking about your Medicare checklist and working through it is by scheduling a 15-minute retirement checkup call. In the notes, go ahead and put Medicare or Anna Marie's name or or something that will prompt that call to go directly to Anna Marie Morrow, our director of Medicare, and you can start getting answers to your Medicare questions. We'll continue talking about all of the aspects of retirement on this podcast. It's retiring today, and we thank you for listening. Merkel Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. And? <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> when do you have to elect? <laughs>
1: I'll
0: say something. Yeah, okay. there's a when. <laughs> I'll kind of give you a leap So when do I elect? Dun, dun, dun. There is a there's an important window here. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and that's where you take it and go. (laughs) Yeah, sorry.